Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage in the Madison area. And I'm excited to have my co-host, Coach Dean Manchi from Kimberly. Coach, first day of track season here when we got a snowstorm. <laughs> we got a snowstorm and, and we got a baseball guest on today. And I know my athletes at Kimberly High School, my baseball players that were in my strength and conditioning class are Super excited, and I want to give a quick shout-out to Kale Twombly, who plays baseball at Kimberly, and he's the one that got us hooked up with Brent, and he'll probably talk a little bit about that in the intro. Well, we've got we've got a uh, Milwaukee Brewer on tonight, and uh, we want to make him feel right at home here, so uh, we're going to call him out of the pen. <laughs> here I come. <laughs> here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, got the goosebumps going. Oh man, it's a baseball, Ready to baby. Just throw gas. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have uh, Brett Suter from the Milwaukee Brewers. He's get, getting ready to throw strikes with with uh, Amy watching and and everything you know in Miller Park or whatever they named it now. So uh, Brent, thanks for copping on. We really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, so I was born originally in Chicago, Illinois, moved around a lot, uh, but I've been in Cincinnati for about 25 years now. Um, you know, feel like it's my hometown for sure and still live here in the off seasons. Um, went to, you know, Moeller High School, uh, with a big school in the area, but I kind of had to wait my turn to play there. I didn't really play a lot until senior year. So the recruiting process was really, you know, slow for me. Um, didn't really, you know, have a commitment come through until, you know, later Cedar Fall, but uh, all of a sudden Harvard University came calling um, for baseball and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't turn this down. So uh, yeah, I went, went there for uh, baseball, had a great four years and I've been lucky to be in the Brewers organization for uh, 10 years. This will be my 11th season with them now. Uh, and I have a younger brother, uh, great parents, uh, wonderful wife that I've married, been married to for six years now. So, uh, and I, I have a son, Liam, and another boy due in May. Um, so I'm a very, very lucky man and uh, looking to be with the Brewers as long as I can. I've, I've been loving, you know, everything about the Brewers fan base, how the organization is run, just everything. So I, I love it there. So, Brent, we talked about that Jurassic Park intro and can just visualize you coming out to the mound and talk about that, um, also known as the Raptor. And you also got another nickname that my athletes and my students tell me, and that's called the Harvard kid. So explain a little <laughs> bit about those two things. Yeah. Uh, so the Raptor kind of started with uh, my teammate, Tim Dillard, who you know, commentates now for Brewers games, but he was my teammate in double A AA, and triple A. And he noticed that I run very, you know, leaned over kind of like an uphill run angle. And uh, so every time I was running sprints in the outfield, he'd make dinosaur noises kind of calling at me like, burr, burr. You know, all that stuff. And uh, so, and he kept calling me the Raptor. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm the Raptor. And then he was doing some like YouTube dub smash videos and all this. And uh, I would be kind of the cameo appearance on these videos at the end or just running around like a Raptor all the time. And so it kind of just stuck. And then I got to the big leagues and our media guy, Mike Vassal, was like, hey, uh, you, uh, you mind if we use Jurassic Park as your walkout music? And I was like, well, I don't have anything better, so I might as well. And it's been my walkout ever since. So that was about, you know, six years ago, seven years ago. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been really fun kind of just joking around with that. The Harvard kid, 
uh, just, you know, that one's basic, just, I went to Harvard and all that, but the one I was really given a lot of, uh, you know, stuff for this year was the vulture. Cause I, everyone was saying I would come in and vulture wins from guys <laughs> so, as, as a reliever. So I, I, to my defense, I only stole one from a starter, meaning I blew the save and then got the win after that. I only did that one time. The other ones were just more, more luck or like we had some offense going, but they didn't want to hear that. They were just you know, wanting to call me the vulture, got me like a vulture t-shirt, vulture figurines and all that in my locker. So I was wearing that pretty good. Brent, I'm just picturing a lot of good times when you guys are out there in the bullpen and mm -hmm. you're just with the pitchers and you're, and you're watching the games. It's just got to be a lot of hilarious moments there, just, just hanging out with the guys. And I think that's the best part of being a coach. And, you know, and you have developed those relationships with your teammates and those are very special. Let's go back to your recruiting process. You said it was, it was kind of a slow process. And what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I remember uh, June or July, whenever like the recruiting of June, uh, junior year summer, uh, whenever recruiting started, um, all my buddies were telling me they were getting all these calls and I was getting diddly squat, you know what I mean? So um, I was kind of getting, getting nervous there a little bit. Uh, didn't seem like colleges were really, interested they're kind of like yeah you got some potential but like we just don't see it right now but like we don't see you being there right now and um so one day i'm sitting in government class and i send an email of me pitching and then doing some like basketball dunks to uh, the harvard and penn coaches just randomly and then uh the harvard coach really you know got an eye for my video and it turns out he was really interested in the dunking more than the pitching you know because he's pitching videos all the time so um, he wanted to send some scouts down to see me and I was going to a Florida tournament, you know, in, in a week or two. So he sent some scouts down there. I pitched really well. My velo was starting to get, um, you know, above that 85 mark, which is big for left-hand pitchers going to college. So, uh, he was, you know, sent, got good reports back and they had a spot open up and they, he, you know, invited me for an official visit a couple of weeks later. And a couple of weeks later, I got my likely letter and I was going to Harvard basically. So it was it was crazy whirlwind. It probably was like inside of two months where I didn't have anything. And then all of a sudden I was going kind of committed to Harvard there. So felt really, really lucky. Um, and I loved my time there. Um, it was, it was incredible. So did you get to finish uh, and did you get a degree at Harvard? Yep. Yep. I got to finish. Yep. Um, I was a senior sign, so definitely less leverage in the draft. So I, my sign bonus was really, really low, but um, I was able to finish school. So I'll take that trade off. So Brent, with baseball, baseball is an extremely mental, uh, there's a huge mental portion that goes mm -hmm. along with the game of baseball. I mean, um, I was a college baseball player and you understand that, you know, guys that make it to the Hall of Fame, I mean, they get three hits out of 10 at bats, you know, on their yep. namer, you know, essentially. Um, so give our listeners maybe some tips as to like how you deal with the mental part of the game and, you know, how you deal with setbacks, you know, you know, kind of like the, the 2020 Dodgers, you know, series and, just yeah. to bring up something like that. I hate to bring up things like that, but, you know, just, 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 you know, it's such a mental game, you know, and it really, it, it takes probably the most mental toughness of any sport, you know, out there. So give us just, give our listeners some tips as to how you go about that, you know, being a pitcher and, and then maybe some of your teammates too. Yeah. Um, I'd love to say I can just like fail and just brush it off my shoulders and just kind of go along, but I, it, I have to really work at, you know, flushing, at learning from the failure, uh, making sure yeah, I digest it. Sometimes I dwell on it way too much, but um, yeah, sometimes, especially with really big setbacks, like I had back in you know 2017 before I got option a couple of times, I had some bad outings, 
uh, you know, surgery, you know, in 2018 with Tommy John and then, uh, yeah, the 2020, you know, nightmare playoff game. It's just like these things happen. Like, they happen to everybody. It doesn't make it feel any better, but uh, baseball is a very hard game. It's like you said, a very challenging mental game. Uh, so the thing for me is I try to take, take that failure and harness it uh, into the next day's work or that day's work. You know I mean? I try to, uh, it's fuel for the fire for me. So uh, for instance, after that, you know, the Dodgers playoff game, I you know was very, very torn up about it for weeks. And then as soon as workouts started, I just started fueling, you know, feeling that fuel in the fire burning so hard. So I, I got after it uh, big time in the off season, really sharpened my mental game. I went through the mental game of baseball, a book with uh, a psychologist and just like went through and sharpened my mental routine for every day. And so like, you know, my visualization practices, my you know, meditation practices every day, I got so much better and so much clearer focused. Um, and then I, you know, came out last year and had a, you know, overall a pretty good year, a good bounce back year. Everything was, you know, a little, little sharper, um, you know, on the pitching side, but also, you know, mentally, it still had some bad games, but the mental clarity was much, much better. And, uh, I was able to, you know, bounce back from setbacks during the season that much better because I knew my routine, I knew how to adjust, um, mentally and physically. So. Um, yeah, I've heard the saying, you either you're winning or you're learning, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the way to approach it. You're winning or you're learning. Um, the only way you're losing is if you just give up throwing the towel, but, uh, you're winning or you're learning. And that, that's an approach I take in my whole career. Um, and I think that's the approach any athlete should take. One of the things we share with our kids at sports advantage too, is failure is just lessons that you learn earlier in life. You know, you mean know, if if you have a have a setback or your team gets beat in like a regional championship, then you're you know, or even if you struggle at the at the plate or on the mound, right? It's just something yeah. you take it, you, you build it in as a lesson, you put it in your toolbox, and and you go back to work, right? I think that's a great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know, going back to that Dodgers game, like I I was coming off a pretty good stretch of pitching. I pitched a really good game to help us get in the playoffs. Like we snuck in the playoffs better that year, so I was riding high with confidence. I did all the right things preparation wise was calm, relaxed. And then I got on the mound and it was like, what, you know, it was one of those nightmare days where I couldn't feel the baseball, you know, I just couldn't feel the ball. So I was trying to grind through it. And then, you know, the thoughts started spinning. I tried to recollect myself and it was just like this quicksand of just, you know, mud and yuck, you know, physically and mentally that, uh, you know, was able to keep the game somewhat in reach. We almost even came back and won it, but it was just like just the worst feelings out, you know, I've ever felt out on the mound, uh, all coming in kind of to a head, but I'm better for it now. You know what I mean? I really am like, uh, and I, I think our team, you know, we've, we've had some failures here in the playoffs these last four years, but I, we're all better for it. And we're, you know, we're kind of bonded that much more as a team and learn that much more from it so that we, uh, I think we're going to be a, big force to be reckoned with this year but um yeah we uh it's definitely when are you learn is, is the main message i want to say and just to be able to focus on what you can control you know what i mean like you can't control anything that's happened before you can't really control you can't control the future all you can do is focus on what you can control now which is getting after it mentally physically uh making yourself the best student the best athlete the best person you can right here right now so um, that like presence was a big, big thing um, that helps me get through uh, failures. Right. You talked about your uh, Tommy John surgery. You know, what was that recovery process like? And then was there somebody that you talked to previously that went through the surgery that maybe helped you out and, and kind of 
you know, got you going through that experience and maybe that rehab part of it. And then, you know, what was that big motivational factor for you to get back and be a hundred percent after that surgery? Yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately, it's a really common surgery in baseball. So I, I did have a bunch of teammates and, uh, you know, high school teammates uh, and pro teammates that had been through it and gave me some good tips on it. Uh, the main approach I had with it was, um, you know, with the, the surgery week, like I'm just going to do what they tell me to do, like, you know, eating wise, try to be as sharp as I can, try to get as much sleep, you know, do, do all that. But when it came to the rehab, like, it was just, let's get after it. You know what I mean? Like, let's push it. Like, let's strengthen everything as much as I can. Um, let's really, you know, make the most of this opportunity to get better as a, as a baseball player. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one of those things that I, I just absolutely got after drenched and sweat after every rehab, uh, state, you know, rehab day and, um, you know, cheered on, cheered on my teammates and wishing I was out there, but trying to be the best teammate I could uh, while I was injured. Um, so trying to give as much to the guys, be like a you know servant to the guys who were out there. And then when it came back, uh, when I came back the next year, I was really, really focused, really uh, physically ready to go, uh, recovering really well. So I was able to throw like 18 innings in a month out, out of the pen that September um, and even, you know, pitching the playoffs that year and stuff like that. So uh, really, it was a dream kind of rehab, no setbacks. I got really lucky with that. Um, focused on my nutrition, my sleep, and uh, my work really, really well. And uh, it, it made me a lot better. So uh, some quick advice, because, you know, in my in my educational career, you know, this 27 years now being a high school teacher, it, it just doesn't seem like we're getting some kids nowadays. It seems like in this it's new era of, you know, there are more, 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 more youth sports and everything else. And we're seeing like freshman kids that are at, that are having Tommy John surgery, you know, and I've never saw that when I first started teaching. So, yeah. you know, one of those athletes comes into class, you know, he has the surgery at such a young age. What, what are some things maybe coaches can do to help, uh, you know, help the situation because it's, it's dramatic, you know, it's, it's very traumatic for a individual that gets hurt, especially that young. Cause most kids think they're invincible anyway. Mm -hmm. What are some things coaches can do to help with this process? Because we know during the pandemic, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. What are some things that can really help coaches help these athletes get through these tough times? Yeah, um, so a couple of things there. Uh, one, to prevent uh, Tommy John. I mean, mine happened on a diving play, really, is where it started. And this kind of snowballed from there. Uh, so it can happen on impact plays, but... Uh, with, with pitching is the big thing to try to make sure is that these kids are getting their arm in the right position, their body's in the right position uh, to get, you know, throw the baseball without putting too much stretch on the shoulder. So uh, that looks, you know, like a, an arm staying within that 90 degree angle of the throw. Uh, the, the hand is above the elbow at foot strikes. And when your foot hits the ground, your, your hand is at least, you know, here with the, or at least above this position. Um, so that your arm is able to get in the right position, get enough external rotation and take, take some pressure off your uh, elbow. Um, and then strengthening the, your rotator cuff is, is big, um, you know, small weights, doing external rotations, uh, doing band work, um, doing like, I've been really into these like cars, so like controlled uh, arm rotations, um, just really making sure you're your end range of motion is strong. Um, that's, that's kind of one, you know, one of the best ways to prevent injuries is just quality movement at the end ranges. So 
That's big. Uh, once it happens, um, you know, it, it stinks. It, you know, it might be sad for a while, but um, like I kind of said before, let, let it be an opportunity for you to get better, um, not just as a baseball player, but just as a human being, maybe like a reflective step back from life and just kind of analyze, you know, where you're at in your life and where you want to go and what you need to do to get there. So, um, you know, for a baseball player, it might be like, hey, let's sharpen my mental game while I can't do anything physically. Let's, uh, you know, serve others as much as I can here now that I'm, you know, got some, got some time away from the game. Um, let's be the best teammate I can be, the best student I can be. Let's, you know, recharge my focus and my grades here. Uh, so, yeah, use that, use that adversity as, as fuel or as opportunity to, you know, better yourself in some other way. And then, you know, recovery from it, kind of like I was saying before, like come back ready to help the team in whatever way you can. Um, I think one of the reasons some guys, some kids might be getting hurt, like you said, overuse, overplaying, and maybe just like the specialization of sports, like at a really young age. And I, I would encourage kids to play as many sports as you can, as long as you can. I played basketball all the way through high school, had a blast with it. It definitely interfered with some of my baseball. You know, I came to baseball really late um, every year because we, we'd, we'd make some runs in the tournament in basketball. And um, I didn't even play that much in basketball, but I just loved it so much and loved doing, you know, different activities and just sport, uh, just baseball activities. So uh, play as many sports uh, as long as you can and just, you know, kind of take the bull by the horns in that regard. So, uh, yeah, I think early specialization and overdoing the, the length of season and innings on young arms is, is part of that uh, factor for early injuries. Hey Brent. So my, one of my, one of my favorite movies is Bull Durham. Yeah. And it's a, it's a classic story of minor league baseball and, you know, and obviously, uh, I don't want to say a washed up catcher, but you know, catchers past his prime, but then he's working with a kind of newer, you know, up and coming pitcher. Right. And the, the, the whole premise behind there is getting to the big leagues. Right. So um, what is, you know, your first moment, that you, know, you get called up to the big leagues. What's that that first moment like? You know, maybe when you walk in a locker room or when you get the call, because um, it's a it's a big deal. I mean, it's yeah. you know, type of thing. And then um, maybe a story, you know, of, of something that happened, you know, right when you got called up or something like that. I think it'd be cool to hear because typically you get pranked or you or you you know stuff like that. You know, within the locker yeah. room. And so just kind of curious as to kind of like that moment that you realize that you're going going to the big leagues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday getting that call. I was in uh, my, the house I was staying in in Colorado Springs about to start that night. And I missed like 65 FaceTimes from my manager. I woke up and goes, something's not right. <laughs> and so I called him back and uh, he's like, Hey, you're not pitching for me tonight. You're pitching against the Mariners tomorrow for the, the Brewers. And I looked back at my wife and she was already, you know, crying you know, tearing up, I, you know, it started sinking in pretty quickly, like, wow, this is incredible. So, um, packed up the stuff, our stuff and, you know, the field and that home, you know, three hours we're on a plane after that and just the nerves and excitement and everything was incredible that next 24 hours. Um, and I get out there, probably my big, uh, you know, I allowed myself when I was warming up, you know, before the start to just soak it in, you know, uh, is that Safeco Field, which is a beautiful park. And it was like one of the largest crowds of the year because it was like Star Wars fireworks night, Friday night. It was like, this place was lit. So uh, just allowed myself to kind of soak it in uh, and enjoy it. And then got to, you know, got to focus in and got to work. But I struck out Robinson Cano for my first big league strikeout, which was awesome. You know, I was like, oh, this is cool. And it ended the third inning. 
And then he hit one the next time I saw him. He hit one so hard, so fast, home run. It was I'd never heard anything like that. I, that was my kind of welcome to the big leagues moment. Like, well, you get him once maybe, but you can't keep keep going to that well too much. So, uh, but yeah, that was I mean that was one of the more impressive home runs I've, I've ever given up. Just it was just straight lean. Yeah. So laser. Um, yeah. So that was my big kind of welcome moment. Uh, Teammates were great from, uh, you know, from day one for me, they were super supportive and all that stuff. I did run myself into some trouble here and there, like, you know, open myself up for, you know, ridicule because I would ask, you know, a lot of questions and some of them were dumb questions. So I asked my equipment guy one time, like, Hey, with all the uh, 2016 year gear, do, uh, do you guys give this out for like Christmas gifts for guys or like, how does that work? And I still hear about that all the time. <laughs> he, was, he was not happy with that question. So uh, stuff like that, you know, making mistakes like that. But um, overall, it's, just, it's, been a, it's been a dream experience. I, I couldn't have asked for a better group of guys and better organization at the end. Brent, you know, in your opinion, why, why do some people make it to the big leagues? And then there's a lot of really talented players that obviously don't. It's a great question. Um, part of it's part of it's luck. Uh, maybe whether that's staying healthy, avoiding like the you know devastating injuries or just you know bad luck injuries. Um, you know, I, I can't necessarily put my finger on you know the best attribute of um, big leagues, but I will say resilience comes to mind as kind of a standout attribute um, because, like we were talking about before, failure happens. I mean, it's not what happens to us in this life it's like how we respond to it and same same way with the baseball career it's not what happens to you out there like oh you should have made this but oh man i gave up this you know made this pitch like that, that stuff's already happened what are you going to do this pitch like what do you how are you going to recover from it in the game in the moment how are you going to adjust to it you know game to game day to day uh and the guys who are best at that uh seem to be the ones who make it you know i mean the resilient ones the the guys who keep getting better every day, you know, no matter what the circumstances, uh, guys who just come to play, come to win, uh, guys who are great teammates, like all those attributes, in my opinion, uh, lead to guys who make it as opposed to the, not saying that people who don't make it aren't great teammates or anything like that or anything like that. But the ones who stand out um, tend to be the ones who, you know, at least move up high and, you know, overachieve for their draft stock and, uh, in the minor league system and, and make it to the big leagues, but resilience might be the, might be the number one thing. So being a, being a professional athlete, what are some things you really enjoy about being a professional athlete? And then this is just, I, I think from my personal perspective, um, you know, former college strength and conditioning coach at the university of Wisconsin, but also just living in the state of Wisconsin for, you know, the majority of my life, there, there's just something a little different playing for the teams in Wisconsin. I think it's more of a, I don't want to say it's more of a family atmosphere, but the appearance is mm -hmm. talked about at the beginning of what, you know, how, how much you love playing in the Brewers organization, how much you want to be around us. So what makes playing for the Brewers special? You know what I mean, I mean, being a yeah. pro, what, what makes being a professional athlete special, but then what, what makes playing, you know, for the Milwaukee Brewers really special to you? Yeah, um, I think that, that those answers are one and the same for me. It's the best part about being a pro athlete is the impact you can have on people's lives that, you know, like just by playing a sport and like having a conversation with them, maybe before or after games, like you can see kids just light up just because they're talking to talking to you. I think it's so cool to just kind of have that uh, platform to be able to, you know, 
maybe brighten people's days, but to also like further causes you care about um, and, you know, help, help whatever, you know, situation you see uh, out in the world that needs some help. You can use your platform for that. Um, but like the fans, like you're saying, Brewer Nation, it's like, it's unbelievable the, how much they welcome us, you know, how nice they, uh, you know, they are, um, how just, you know, ready to support us and whatever we do, um, you know, win or lose, they're just, they're there for us. They're, they're there with us. So um, it is, it's really a special, special place to play. And I, you know, you see it with the other teams, the Packers and the Bucks. Um, we we're actually at the game six when the Bucks won it and just like, it was like, yes, this fan base deserved this so much. You know what I mean? Like, and they, they got it. And we were thinking like, now it's our turn, you know, we have to wait another year, but um, definitely want to, you know, we play for the fans always. We're only playing because, you know, the fans support us. Um, and, you know, we're, that's why we're able to do uh, what we love to do. But yeah, the, the fans in, um, in Wisconsin are like nothing else. It's, it's incredible. So Brent, the podcast is called Get Your Edge. And we ask all of our guests that come on, what get your edge advice would you give to everyone listening today? Oh, there's a, there's uh, several things I would go into, but um, if I had, you're talking sports or just life? Yes, in life in general. Okay. Um, you know, I love, I love the mentality of live life on purpose. You know what I mean? Like wake up with a purpose every day, live life. Like you're, you're driven to get better, whether that's, you know, whether you're a musician, whether you're an athlete, student, whether you're doing all of them, like wake up with a mindset. Like I want to, I want to better myself today. I want to better other people around me. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to make the world a better place uh, today and every day. So, uh, you know, living life on purpose. I've always, that's always kind of stuck in my, my head as something that um, I try to do. And um, I think it, I think it's definitely uh, something that, is a good model maybe write it on your ceiling or put it on your mirror or something like live live the day on purpose and, um and go from there but um you know and, and other things we've been touching on like you know meditation visualization um getting a routine down i haven't really gone into the routine but especially for an athlete like getting a good routine going to get yourself mentally and physically ready to perform um is huge and being able to you know adjust that routine accordingly like when you need another exercise or another little mental uh, exercise to do, uh, help a lot, but, um, yeah, I'd say number one thing is live life on purpose. Go get after it, you know, make the world a better place. That might be the best one we've had. Very that, good. That, Very that, good. that was good. I'm stealing that this week. That, that was, awesome. right. I love that one, Brent. That was spectacular. Yeah. That, that one, I was like, man, that's, that's really good. That's, that's, oh my man, that was, God, that was good. Um, <laughs> Um, so real, real quick here, uh, you've got a, you've got an initiative, um, a, a save the planet initiative that you do, um, with different, with, with water bottles. So can you ex explain that to our listeners a little bit? Um, yeah, I um, love hearing outside, outside of sports things that, that our athletes and coaches have going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the environment's always really been on my heart. Um, started in high school. I knew I wanted to study environmental science, uh, in, in college. So I did that and, whatever profession I wanted to do, I wanted to help the plan a little bit. So a couple of years ago, I decided to do this strikeout waste initiative. Um, I got over 200 bottles from my teammates, uh, handed out some out to fans, but front office, you know, a lot of people in the Brewers organization. Uh, so instead of the plastic bottles that you know, we were throwing right in the landfill, using once and throwing in the landfill, try to get some reusable uh, bottles going and 
we saved we saved a lot of plastic waste, but we didn't eliminate it by any means. So uh, still ways to go, and I still you know encourage teammates to use those bottles and whatnot. And uh, SC Johnson's partnership with the Brewers has been really beneficial in that they're going to help supply more of those bottles here this year. Um, they do the upcycling program in the in the stadium uh, in Amphan Field, but now they're going to go into you know getting reusable bottles for guys. And it, it's it goes, it's a little bit that goes a long way uh, in terms of plastic waste, but it's more the, you know, the concept of like, let's, let's think about the consequences of our behavior. You know what I mean? Like when we overuse plastics, when we, you know, single use plastics, when we overuse, you know, take a longer shower than needed or, you know, all this stuff adds into uh, more demands on the energy grid, which create, creates a lot of CO2 and a lot of pollution. So the, you know, the mentality of only using what we need to use, um, and then you know reusing what we can reuse uh, is is kind of something I want to kind of plant in people's minds, and maybe they grow more environmentally aware after that. Um, but bottles are an easy place to start, so I just figured doing that. And I do a tree planting program with Players for the Planet, which I'm really involved in, and do some beach cleanups in the Dominican Republic. And I'm an eco athletes, which is like a policy, public policy. Uh, kind of lobbying group, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, environment's really, really important to me. And um, I, I think we we can get back on the right track, but it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take really soon. Well, Dino, uh, fantastic guest. The, the live life on purpose. I God, I love that one. I, I can't get enough of it. Um, one thing, Brent, so I'm a huge country music fan and uh, you got a couple of big yeah. concerts coming to, uh, I still call it Miller Park. And so, since I run the podcast, I'm going to call it Miller Park. Um, <laughs> you don't get in trouble for that. Um, you're going to go. You're going to go watch Kenny Chesney, or you're going to go watch Eric Church when they come to. Um, you country guy or no? So I, I probably won't. I think we have road trips scheduled for that. I sure, I'm praying that we are on those road trips. You know, and I'm hoping that the this lockout, you know, comes to an end soon. Uh, sure. And, we, and I'll be on those road trips. But I, I yeah, I think they're. I don't think they're in off days more at home. I think we're on the road maybe. So uh, I, I will not be seeing those, but I have seen Kenny Chesney in concert here in Cincinnati before. Yeah. It, was, it was a blast. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I like country music too. So uh, yeah, I'd like a lot of those guys. It's cool. Who trains like we do. I took it, took his song, his new song, we do. And, and we, we use it at our gym. Um, oh, nice. By far. Um, it's kind of like my my new life mantra here the last couple of years. Just I, I just kind of live life to the fullest. You know, yeah. I absolutely I love them both. I actually saw Kenny Chesney and Eric Church at Miller Park like in 2013. They were there. Yeah. I know he's been there a couple of times. And yeah, just sorry, see if you're going or not. I figured you guys would be on a road trip, but dog, you got yeah, anything yeah, else yeah. for Brent? No, I just I, I hope this major league baseball we get this season going. I think everybody's ready for a little spring fever and mm -hmm. talk spring fever. You're talking baseball and you're talking hot dogs and you're at the park with your family <laughs> and watching some good brewer baseball. Yeah. Brent, one, one last thing. Okay. Give us a good Bob Euchre story to end this baby. You got to have, you oh. got to have at least one. So oh. I, I can, I can tell this story. <laughs> yeah, we met yeah. Bob Euchre uh, after we won a national championship at, at Oshkosh. And one of the our one of the guys came up and shoved the ring and in, in, in Uke's face because he was down in the yeah. locker room and he made a comment that I, I don't I'm not gonna share on the on a podcast. <laughs> he, goes, 
oh my gosh, Leck, I was with Leck and, and a couple other guys, oh my God, we were just laughing. He's just, I mean, and this was like back in the 90s, it was hilarious, but give us, give us oh, a yeah. Bob Euchre story real quick. Uh, one of the funniest things, I saw him last offseason, you know, I hadn't seen him for since COVID had started, but uh, saw him in the spring last year. I go, Bob, how you doing? How's the offseason? And he goes, well, I'm in diapers now, so it wasn't too great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but, uh, I tell you what, oh, yeah. just another thing yeah. that makes a brewer special, right? I mean, yeah. I, that's awesome. No doubt. So, yeah, he's, Brent, he's we, really we really appreciate you coming on tonight, uh, especially, you know, having a family and, and all the things you're involved in. Uh, you're a great guest, things like that. Hopefully we look forward to watching you play. Um, if you ever got tickets for me and Dean, we use them. We come watch you throw, um, things like that. Dino, anything with the Fox Valley Throws Club before we get off? Nope, just starting track season now, so we're uh, getting into it. Make those make those kids tough. You know, Rocky. Rocky was running in the snow. Your kids better be out throwing in the snow here tomorrow. Okay. Absolutely. All right. This <laughs> ends the episode of Get Your Edge podcast, and we will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>